I'm going to give it a minute here and let people get on before I get started. Holy shit. (laughs) My heart. Oh, my God, my heart. In our... I was going to come on, I was going to come on and like push this back a little bit since the game ended up ending a little later, but it like got to the point where it's like two minutes to go. And so I was like, I'll just start. I, like I said, in our group chat, my heart rate that second half at times was over a hundred. My face is bright red. I just had to go grab a beer to settle my nerves. And I'm not going to lie. I was so overheated. I walked. I watched the last five minutes of that game pacing around the living room with a shirt off. Ew. Oh yeah. I. You know how many times I walked out of the room? Like I would walk out. I'm like, I legitimately cannot watch this. And then I'm like, wait, I have to watch it because I have to talk about it. I. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do a little intro here. Um, good afternoon, Boiler Nation. This is your girl, Game Day Gabby, and Ralph Twenty Three of Boiler Up Beer Down. Um, our Boilers just defeated the Hoosiers in a nail-biting ending. Um, I, I I don't even know what to say, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'll let you start with your thoughts on the game. Well, on senior day, the seniors showed up. Uh, Sasha had a big three late when things were kind of uh, off sideways that gave Purdue that lead that they never relinquished after it was tied at 56, I want to say. Eric Hunter probably played his one of his best games this season. Uh, really, really unfortunate that that scoop layup didn't drop in yeah. really well today. And as bad as Travion Williams was in the first half and that stretch in the second half, he was that good bringing this game home. Those last uh, two free throws, outstanding. First, those last um, few three throws, free throws. I can't talk. I'm like so nervous. Um, and those couple big steals, getting the tip, getting the ball. I know. I was, I was gonna tweet as bad as like I wanted to say something about Trey. Like he completely redeemed himself those final few minutes. And Trey's the type of guy that even if he's having a bad game. Like, if the ball's in his hands at the end, I gen- will genuinely feel pretty good about it. He's pretty clutch. Yeah, and they needed, they needed him down the stretch because as good as the seniors were today, and shout out to Mason Gillis, who once again shows that if he's not in foul trouble, this Purdue team runs so much smoother on defense and offense, the energy he brings – just keeping possessions alive. He might not get every offensive rebound, but the plays that he makes just kind of keeping the ball alive with these tips, uh, good three-point shooter. He was came up big today, and they needed that because, honestly, this might go down as the worst game Jaden Ivey will ever play in a pretty uniform. This was not his honestly. day. Yeah, honestly, I was going to ask you where you're – so, uh, you know, I've I've officially become – Game Day Gabby is turning to I love Mason Gillis' account. Uh, he's my favorite player by far. He just does all the little things. Um, He's just always on the floor. He's always after the balls. He's always just – I don't know. Like, I feel like he's always coming up clutch in these big plays. Um, But, yeah, that's our 
I've, I've really tried to give Jaden Ivy. Um, like I have a lot of people constantly telling me he needs out for worse when he's in. And I'm kind of always trying to have his back a little bit. Like, no, he's good. He could take over a game. He just needs a game to come to him, blah, blah, blah. But today I got to that point. I was just like, bench him. Like, I don't even know. I don't know where his head's at. Like, I, what do you, what do you take away from him? He, and I had tweeted this at one point, but no matter how bad offense is going for him, he was made a couple threes, uh, otherwise struggled from the field, was struggling getting to the rim. And there was definite contact and definite uncalled fouls. And unfortunately, that's, that's life in the Big Ten. That's, it is what it is. Hey, who are you guys but, talking about? <laughs> The thing that I cannot stand is it goes up for a shot and there's contact and they don't call it. He either A, immediately is looking for the baseline ref and his hands up, he's demonstrative towards the ref, or he's turning towards the bench and I don't know if he's talking to Painter or if he's talking to Johnson or Brantley, but there was a couple egregious ones today where everyone else had already crossed half court and he was still with having words with one of the coaches. Like you can do that at a dead ball. You don't have to do that while everyone's going the other way. And unfortunately it's just kind of systemic across the team. They don't seem to keep focus throughout the game. Like you saw Purdue ran out to a 13 point lead. Like, like, do you think that he's, do you think he's just checked out pretty much? He's ready for the NBA. I don't think that. I think it's once again, I don't even know if he's 20 yet. He's, I think he's young for his age. So sophomore, he still might be, he's either an old 19 or an early 20. And he's just, Maturity-wise, oh, I just lost Riles. Hey, Gabby, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. What's up? Hey, we just walked out of Mackie. I got a little boy here that wants to say something. All right, boiler up. <laughs> that was habitual boiler went to the game today, so he's gonna try to talk. Maybe he's driving home, so if he can chime in, oh, that's Lord, great. No. We've got, uh, we've can got, you tell us about the environment today? Uh, it was raucous, right? In the first half, there was a lot of anxiety in the second half, but um, it was it was a thousand degrees in that. <laughs> I'm not I'm kidding. I, we were going to stick around for um, uh, senior day festivities. We had to get the hell out of there, man. It was hot. We were packed Rob- in there like sardines. So that's what uh, it was loud. That's what Robbie Hummel said. He was like rolling up his sleeves. He's like, it's a thousand degrees in here. Dude, it was hot, man. <clears throat> but no, it, it was loud. That, that, that's Mac. Yeah, it's best. There just, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot to cheer for in that second half, except for when we took the lead. Um, and I don't, I don't know what you guys said earlier, but man, Jaden. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard, I've never seen, or I've never felt so anxious watching somebody drive the lane anymore. And that's so weird to say. Um, cause he was just so, so good at it just a few games ago. And now it's like, get the ball out of his hands. We can't afford another turnover here. Yeah. We were literally just discussing that. Ryle's dropped out and now I don't know why he's muted. Um, I, we were kind of just, I we, we were, 
falling and took my oh yeah I'm like you just left um we were just talking about that like I was asking him if he thinks he's just checked out like is he NBA ready what's going on oh I don't think that's the case he's just not he's 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 an NBA player physically I just don't think he's mentally there at least for the college game man he's just not making the right decisions yeah. Well, that's what he kind of was touching on, that he's young. Like, he's young for his age, and then he's only a sophomore. And so, just I mean, you know, the whole, um, like, not getting back on D, throwing up his hands, like, you know, and, like that being an issue. And, I mean, this Carson had, the year they went to the Elite Eight, Carson had a really, really bad stretch towards the end of that season. <laughs> not unheard of to have your best player go into a funk, but it just seems to be amplified in Carson's sense and in Jaden's sense when it's the guy who has the ball yeah. most of the time, everything, get am- everything gets amplified. But it looks like we have a couple of requests, and Gabby, if you don't mind, I'm going to s- pick one of them because it's uh, actually – one of my friends from undergrad, which if you're listening and don't know, undergrad for me is the University of Iowa. So I'm sure this will be an interesting take. Okay. It says it is connecting. You know what? Iowa is really impressing me lately. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited. It's, it's crazy. And a hotter team in college basketball right now than Iowa. We'll see if this ends up connecting. I hit, said that he. He's can, a speaker. Okay, on my end, it just says he's connecting. So I don't know. Maybe it went. Mud flap, are you there? <laughs> hey, did you guys talk about Trey at all? Uh, a little bit. Not yet. Um, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was the under eight or under 12 or under eight media timeout. Uh, right after he turned the ball over, trying to dish it down to, I think it was Morton. Um, man, Painter lit into him uh, right before they got into the huddle for several minutes. And then um, as soon as he was done with the huddle, they were still waiting for the TV to come back. And he came down. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen uh, Painter yell at somebody with so much venom. And I, I remember telling a uh, guy sitting next to me, like, he's probably done for the game if somebody's that mad at him. And I was wrong. He played played the rest of the game and helped us close it out. So. I was going to say, he kind of, you know, he was clutched there at the end. Well, So what happened? Because so for ESPN, for some of us, was kind of going out. And so I didn't see what happened there that he got so mad at him about. Well, it was right after one of, one of his turnovers when he was trying to be fancy. It would have been a great play if he could have got it through, but it's one of those – Dish offs in the paint where you where we just can't convert. Every time we try and uh, dish it off deep in the lane, it's it, it turns into a turnover. And it, the season didn't start that way, but um, and it was during that stretch where IU was making their big run. So that must have been the under eight timeout. Um, I think I think it was the under twelve because the under eight was Zach shooting a free. Well, whatever it was, uh, he was pissed. Um, Almost felt bad for Trey, but I guess it worked just enough. Yeah, he I, he ended that game. I said, as mad as we were, he ended that game making those free throws and then getting a couple of those steals or, you know, his hands in the passing lane that 
redeemed himself, at least to me. <laughs> I, think, I mean, we won, so. Um, okay. Oh, is it, oh, he went away, that one guy. Yeah, so. I see. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we start taking listeners? Uh, I would say just in that this I've mentioned this a couple times and the stretch so of how many people follow actually follow me on Twitter is the end of the first half stretch Purdue had gotten up to a 13 point lead Indiana yeah. had made that little five point run to get it to eight Painter took a timeout and I had tweeted this is a time when Purdue needs to close strong instead of being up four like this is going to be once again Purdue went into half, up four. It's it seems like, and I've touched on this point about occasionally Aiden and Trey's passing. This team seems obsessed with going for the knockout punch. Like you got up thirteen, and it was uh, Sasha from twenty seven, Jaden from twenty six, Jaden from twenty six, just looking for that three that was gonna knock Indiana out and. Going down, down low. So when we were up, was our was our lead? Was it thirteen? Was that our biggest lead in the first half? Yes, it was. So he said, um, uh, thirty-one, eighteen. I remember looking at the scoreboard, and I think we had almost taken double the amount of shots than IU uh, at that point. And uh, I remember thinking, and they were all good shots. You know that the first half of the first half. Uh, Purdue just missed some open shots, and they were still up 13. And I thought, man, if this continues, you know, we're going to route the shit out of these guys. Uh, and it, it was it was then when the tide turned. Yeah, uh, Purdue at the half was uh, five of 17 on threes, while Edie and Trey had six points combined against a team that does not have a traditional center, other than Durr, who comes off the bench, and apparently it is legal for him to full on. Uh, Bear hug Zach Eady while trying to go for rebounds, which was ridiculous at times with how they were officiating inside both ways. There was there was stretches, especially that first stretch of the second half, where it was looked like roller derby. There were bodies going every direction and no calls either way, which I mean it's the big time, it's what you expect, but you think especially after the Gillis and Stewart dust up in the first half that you kind of want to tamp down on that. that is what it is. Did you guys talk about the pick and rolls that IU went to time and time and time and time and time again there in the second half? No. Nope. Oh, you. Dude, I, you, the fans can just see it, like every play developing, and it's like, why can't, why can't we not figure this out? Every single play, they were killing us. Um. I, until the very last couple possessions, right? They were able to, to stomp that out, but man, that was they were just grinding us to death with that. <clears throat> I, and I look, I'm not a basketball coach. I don't I don't know what the hell to tell them to do, but you think we can figure that out? Uh, however many damn games we are into the season, so the the issue with playing pick and roll, especially with the bigs that Purdue has, is they have to play drop, which means they aren't coming up on the screen. They're sitting back three, four feet because they are looking to stop the roll man. And what you saw was a couple times 
that's what happened, and Xavier Johnson got those elbow jumpers, and he played phenomenal. What, what were his stats? Yeah, does anyone have his stats? I he dominated. I know he had at least. 15. I don't know, but he had he, he had the killer's eye there at the end. I mean, he looked in the zone, man. I think he looked at me after I was pissed. And I, <laughs> uh, it might have been. I think he. Did had I say one. it was hot, Mackie? Guys, it was hot in there. <laughs> I mean, it was hot. I know Johnson had 12 assists, and a lot of that came off that pick and roll. Where, So once he started making those jumpers, Travion started co- cheating up the lane because you want to close off that space. And then they were that's when they got the couple lobs to Jackson Davis. So to remedy that, you bring, you drop your wing defender down a couple steps to help off that drive. But unfortunately for Purdue, Miller Cop played his best game of the season and was killing Purdue from those weak, weak side corners off that pick and roll, which honestly, Purdue is just, they're not cut out to defend pick and roll with uh, as aggressive as roll guys as Indiana has, where Thompson and Jackson Davis both will will cut hard. They'll roll hard. They'll get to the rim. And it's just a little bit of an athletic deficiency that this team has in help defense that they're, if you have a team that's executing that well, they're going to get burnt one way. You just have to decide which way it's going to be. I think that at one point they just kind of decided like if Xavier Johnson's going to beat us making elbow jumpers, I mean, that's how it's going to go, but I wouldn't give up corner threes to Miller cop and I won't give up lobs to Jackson Davis. But at this point, it's not really something that's fixable, but they run into a team in the tournament, which looking like will be a three seed. You run into a 14 that plays that has a really good point guard. You might see some similar issues to this. Yeah. And, and you know, that's going to be on every scouting report. (laughs) I, um, I keep hoping that we are going to come out and be the team that I remember us being, and it's just not happening. And I hate, I hate, well, I don't want to be negative because we just won. Um, but I'm like, you know, I'm losing hope a little bit here that, that we're going to get that mojo back. And it's not that I don't think that we have the talent. I just think that we're like, we're almost playing to lose instead of playing to win. Like we're just so, I don't know if it's the pressure that we were one seed or the pressure of being the first final four team, or I don't know what it is. But something that they had, they lost, and they just can't seem to get back. And I don't know. I was hoping by at the come on. If you can't come out today after two losses against your rivalry um, on senior night and just blow the roof off Mackey, I don't know what. And now, you know, we won, but I don't feel like we won like I wanted to. So it is unfortunately, as you saw, actually probably a couple times in this game. It is for whatever reason. It's a team filled with nice guys that just do not handle success all that well. It's a team, as you've seen repeatedly, they get big, they can get big leads and they can run off stretches where their offense is humming, like when it stretches that lead to 13. But they are also just as likely to give those back in stretches. They just, for whatever reason, don't handle success well. But I'm not terribly worried yet. I want to see what they look like against a team 
that doesn't have a scouting report as in-depth as a conference team because, as you've seen, I think Isaiah Thompson's gotten one shot the last three games. There's a Big Ten team is not going to give him any airspace. You get into March, you get in the tournament, you're playing teams that you haven't played that don't have the book on you. You might see guys like him get open shots. You might see uh, Caleb first get a little more room rolling to the basket and getting some easy dump-offs like he was in the non-conference when it looked like him and uh, Jaden had some 1-4 pick and roll figured out really well. So I want – I would be – there's definitely red flags on this team, but I wouldn't be You're not freaking out like me. until you see what they look like against a team that doesn't know them front and back. And Painter kind of has touched on that in some press conferences saying like, it's easy, not easy, but the first go around is a little bit better than the second go around. Not only have you played this team, they've seen you play multiple other teams. Like it just gets harder and harder to win. You're not going to see, I mean, you might see some of those blowout wins, but as you can see, a lot of these games down the stretch in the big 10 have all been close. I mean, yeah. Illinois and Penn state were just a five point game. I, so I, I think they're Blair, kind of all, I'm sorry, Gabby. No, uh, you go ahead. Steve Lear, uh, tweeted at me, um, let's see what I can find. Purdue let IU pull them into an ugly game, and it darn near got them beat. And, yes, I agree, but Purdue's letting lots of people pull them into ugly games now. And I think – I don't know if it's the other teams pulling them in or Purdue pulling themselves into ugly games. Uh, we just don't have the same offense. Uh, and, and maybe the defense has gotten a little bit better. We just don't have that same offense. What Are, are you guys um, – you guys have the stats in front of you. What did Mason end up with? Does anybody know? I don't. If you give me, it felt like he took uh, like three or four really wide open threes and missed them all. And then the one that I see in Jaden, go ahead. The one I remember really was frustrating was the one late at the top of the key that looked like it hit every part of the rim and came off. Uh, Mason had seven. Seven and seven on three of six shooting, one of three from three. I don't even remember the three hit. But anyway, there, will be, of, there will be no Mason Gill slander on this. Oh, no, no, I'm podcast. not saying that. I'm just saying that, um, you know, he was almost automatic. He didn't take very many threes early in the season, but when he, when he was wide open, he was almost automatic. And now I don't know if it's just pressing or what it is. And Jaden, I think he finished. How many points did he finish with, Riles? Eight, I want to say. Let me no, pull it up. No, more I than said, that. I know he had, he had 10 with at least several minutes left. But I remember thinking. 10, he was 2 of 11. Yeah, I remember thinking. I don't. The only points I remember him scoring was the, the two free throws in the second half. But then I, he did hit those two threes uh, early in the game. But after that, man, it was yeah. just the only thing he could contribute was turnovers. It's bad. It's really bad. Okay, uh, Gabby, I see that one person back on. All so right. we'll see actually connects this time. We can do some colors now. Hello? They must not. Yep. Mudflap? We can hear you. Okay, perfect. So, Riles, I want to ask you, why... When we're playing a team with their biggest post presence being Trace Jackson Davis, is Zach Eady not getting more time? 
I don't know why Ross just muted himself. Oh, there you I, go. I was getting. Well, look, let me walk down here. I'll ask Coach. Oh, because I. What a, oh, Twenty minutes at a time, or twenty minutes every way, which is weird because the last couple games were Zach Eady games. I mean, Wisconsin was foul trouble, but this he got that early dunk, and then I think he had two more shots in the first half, and it was I don't know. It's the it just seems like this team like they find something that succeeds. And they like put it in their back pocket, and they never go back to it. And that was frustrating, especially because I think today could have been. I think Zach ended up with ten, probably for that third. Yeah, but Riles, I gotta ask you: Are you embarrassed being a traitor, broadcasting this from Iowa City? We will have our vengeance, Riles. We will. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We we've, we've claimed him. We've claimed him. He's ours now. Caller says in Purdue, more like Purdue, right, guys? <laughs> but actually, Purdue's pretty cool. Jaden Ivey is the best player in the Big Ten. And uh, I would say that Indiana sucks, and I'm happy that you guys kicked him out of the tournament. So, everyone, just have a beer and enjoy that. But Iowa, yeah, buy a million. No beer. Love you, Riles. Bye. Dude, I was so close. I was so close to the band hammer there, but... He kept it clean. <laughs> Why'd you? <laughs> okay. That's what happens when you go, when you are the one Purdue fan in a sea of like 50,000 Iowa fans. Yeah. I got a, I got a family member texting me saying that the reason that Trey's playing over Edie is because Edie can't, Edie can't defend the pick and roll. And that's what was, that's what we, we were getting completely burned on. Yep, that's yeah. He is bad at it. He he's just so slow. Yeah, Zach can only play drop, and it's Johnson was killing it. But Gabby, if you want to get to some other requests, I yeah, that was probably um, good. I'm gonna go with Tony. Speaker. What the what the guy what the crowd sound like on TV? Um, I was like literally in a black hole. Like I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't it even tell you probably about anything about that game because I was so. It was it was definitely loud. It came through on the, came through the TV pretty well. Uh, Tony, you have to unmute your. Yeah. Self. There we go. There you go, bud. What's up? Um, you know, just a few things to talk about from the game. You know, if if you've watched every single game this entire season you saw Purdue come out hot all the expectations um you know all the returning you know guys and so gave the fan base expectations but the alarming thing is um you know if you, if you watch Purdue they and you touched on it earlier Gabby you said that Purdue plays to lose I, I would beg to differ they they play they they don't play to win. They play not to lose. You know what you know what I mean by that. That that's what they, I was saying. Yeah, they they that's don't exactly have what the, I was saying. Yeah, you know when you get a team down by thirteen, that's when you step on their throats, and yeah. you bury them. And that's yeah. been the Purdue's problem over the last four to five years. Is we've seen every single time Purdue gets a big first half lead, it dwindles down. 
and the next thing you know, they're in a dogfight the rest of the way. Now, granted, teams are not going to just quit, uh, but Purdue doesn't seem to know how to put the nail in the coffin early. I think the the biggest issue that we have is, um, you know, Purdue, we had depth early on, okay? We had 10 guys that played in the rotation. So we had – and we went through that stretch where we played the four games and, like, seven nights or something like that and you know we, we kept using the excuse oh guys retired well if you think about it um caleb first has lost several minutes a game um and with newman not playing in the last six or seven games now we're down to a seven-man rotation um i don't know what newman has done i don't know i mean it's like it's like, I, it's almost like he's going to be in the transfer portal as soon as the season's over because there's like no hope. Um, it's what it kind of seems. So now he went with a team that's got a ton of depth to a seven man rotation. Um, and then we have, you know, I feel like Ivy is kind of trying to do too much and not let the game come to him. Sometimes Travion is, you know, it, we see it when Travion does not get to his right. He fades away. It's no good. And then, you know, so I feel like, and I'll wrap this up, I feel like we're making the same mistakes that we have for the last two months. And it's like, we're trying to, like, get it fixed. Like, what, you know. At some point, you just are who you are. Yep. So. We were hoping that that was uh, early season Purdue. But, you know, at some point, you just are who you are. Right. I mean, I agree agree with all of your points. Yeah. I do. I mean, like I said, like we're not playing to win anymore. We yeah. don't have that edge. We don't. We're soft. Trevion, for some reason, isn't going at the basket. I don't right. know why he's like fading. Yep. Um. Yeah. And, and, and I keep, like I said, I keep waiting for that game for it to kind of switch, and it's just not happening. Yeah. It it comes down to like you know, it's like the basketball IQ. You're not yeah. you're seeing like, um, you know, I I feel like. And I, you know, you love these players. You, you know, we watch every game, but you feel like Sasha is either you either have him or you don't. He's going to put up thirteen to fifteen, or he's going to go two for ten. Um, Williams is the basketball IQ has almost gone out the window. It's the you know the he wants to make the thread the needle every pass and make every you know Iverson pass. It's like well, we don't need that. Just you know, pass the ball. Um, and you know, like the basketball IQs out the window, but another thing that's kind of like, to me is alarming is we let every single team make us play their game. We don't make other teams play our game. I mean, just like Indiana, the pick and roll, what? they're going to do it to death. It's like, we have what a is seven- our game? What is Purdue's game? I, to me, it's like, you know, go to the post like we have. And, you know, we have good shooters, but we don't – if you watch teams like Wisconsin, all right, um, I use Wisconsin a lot. Wisconsin plays smart. They don't have the talent I feel that Purdue has, but they move the ball. And when you move the ball quickly – We were doing that, yeah, though. Yeah, we have. But when you get guys like, you know, Ivy, when you dribble and dribble to get open instead of pass to get open, when we're defending teams, I feel like all of a sudden we got guys running all over the place because they're lost or, you know what I mean? And we don't make any team do that to us. We get the ball in the post. 
and it's a slow, methodical, and, you know, there's no kickouts real quick to open threes. And, you know, it's like I don't know what our strengths are anymore. I, I really – I don't. I would assume it's like, okay, our bigs, we have a penetrating guard in Ivy, and we have, you know, a couple good shooters. It's there. The pieces are there. It's almost like we have too much talent that we don't – we but we don't know how to mesh it is kind of like I feel. Yeah. To your point, Tony, and it's something that uh, people have pointed out when you I have when your three best players are two centers and a ball dominant point guard, your offense is gonna end up looking like a mess at times because those are two things that don't work necessarily hand in hand. You can't have a thirty percent use of point guard paired up with two guys that to make them effective, you have to dump it in and let them go to work. So it's, we're kind of seeing too that, especially when, like I have said, you get in the big 10, you're playing teams that know you front and back. They're not going to be sagging off those shooters. And it's just kind of led to kind of like a Frankenstein offense where it's sometimes Jaden's able to get to the rim and get there at will Sometimes Zach and Travion are cooking people in the post, but we've seen a lot lately where it's really neither of those is effective, and it's you just kind of have to struggle for points, which is not something I would have said about this Purdue team in the non-conference. I know. What happened there? Okay, I'm going to go to Scott because he's been waiting for a while. Which, that's why I was laughing about my predictions. I was like, oh, we're going to come out and drop 85. And I think a bitch of boiler was like, uh, you're a joke. They got a good defense. <laughs> then, yeah. My prediction was not great. So, that, you, I know we didn't win in convincing fashion there, but, man, you saved a lot of, of embarrassment. And I'm not saying that in just uh, Indiana. I'm just saying us Boiler fans would have to tuck our head for another 10 months before we'd have another shot at redeeming them. Um, and and uh, and you probably launch IU back into the tournament. Um, yeah. At least we took away their hopes. We didn't win the Big Ten, but they we sent them to the NIT, maybe. Yeah. And the paint crew. Love the paint crew. But, man, they were sh- shouting or chanting NIT there in the first I half. know. When you post them, like, like, well, let's not we say had- it first. No, not even then. Um, when when they when they brought it back to close the four in that first half, there was still chanting NIT. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be karma. Yeah. Hey Scott, you gotta mute yourself, bud. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. I I was in, oh. I was uh, enjoying the conversation. I think Tony had a re- a lot of good points that he brought up that I think has been the frustration. I think the beginning of the year. Um, Purdue was so offensive minded and was on a roll. They didn't have to de- they didn't have to depend on their defense. And as you get in the Big Ten, they know they know all your tricks and all your trades. I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch when they get back outside of that uh, to see what's going to happen. I think the Big Ten tourney is going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but I think one of the things that keeps crossing my mind this year is I'm not sure how much pain or other than I think he lacks a little bit of discipline, but I think the other thing that I'm 
I think I'm not so sure that he's not lost on the offensive side. And by that, I'm, I'm talking about he depended a lot on Micah Shrewsbury to run the offense. I don't know if you guys remember last year, but there was a lot of timeouts where Painter's standing on the outside and Shrewsbury's running the timeout on the inside running that offense. So there may be some adjustment there. I don't know. I'm just, just a, uh, just a take on my side from what I've seen. Yeah. And, uh, it's, 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 uh, Truth was, was an amazing offensive coach. And he even said that like Painter, I think has complimented him saying when he came in, Hey, what did you run in the NBA that really worked? Cause let's, let's revamp our offense. He was, I was, I you know it, I, Hated to lose him. Yeah, I did too, and I, I think it's showing now. And I don't. Well, I was. I was. I don't know. You guys tell me the last. Uh, the last part there where Purdue is uh, trying to get their. You know, they were. They had to get three fouls in order to get into the to the bonus. And boy, that 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 just about burn us. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, that was well, so stupid. So no. tell me, oh I, could, I, could, I couldn't tell from this. I couldn't tell from the stands. Wasn't I could see the first one being valid. You know, you got to give up fouls, and you, you still have a two for one there, or you still get the ball back because uh, it would have reset to twenty seconds. But was the second one intentional? It wasn't, yeah. was it? With seventeen it seconds, Sasha grabbed Stewart on the hips. Yep. Thought Stewart was going to have a pull up, and so my thing is. Indiana started that out going two for one, and Travion blocked Johnson at the rim. Okay, so there's 35 seconds left. They get they get it under 30, and you take that other foul, and I think there's about 24 seconds left. At this point, you're still fine because Indiana and Robbie made a good point. They're not going to play for the last shot. They want to have a chance to get an offensive rebound. Shot. So at that point, they have to shoot, and you still have a chance. But once you take that second foul under 20 seconds, you've basically eliminated your chance at responding. If something stupid would have happened, which it they really, really tried to just do the game in Bloomington all over again with – Parker Stewart having a wide open three and Purdue deciding that rebounding was optional and letting them get that second chance and Travion saving the day with just taking advantage of a bad pass from cop able to tip it. Mason just happened to be in the right spot where it hit him and Trey was able to gather it, but it's you're you're dead on. I thought we, it's going to happen again. We were going to give them three opportunities to win this game. And I was surprised. I told the guy sitting next to me, I said, I can't believe they don't have fantasy in here. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> it was, it's, and uh, to Scott's point about the coaching staff, uh, and you have seen it took from the year that after Greg Gary left to coach Mercer and they brought Shrews back, that offense at times, yeah, bits and pieces because it's from what I've heard from past players say it's one of the most complex offenses in the big 10 to learn there's a lot of different plays there's a lot of moving pieces and i think you're kind of seeing at times this is terry johnson's 
first time being handed the reins like this. I believe he was actually the defensive guy at Ohio State. Came to Purdue for an opportunity to kind of buff up his resume to get a head coaching job because that's actually a good sign of a program if your assistants are being hired elsewhere. And I think it's maybe just taking a little bit of time to grow into that. Uh, And they had brought in, other than Painter and Brantley, they brought in two new coaches. Wasn't the Paul Lust thing was whatever. I mean, he was good 12 years ago, but flamed out as a head coach and he's Painter's buddy. So I guess it makes sense to bring him in as a defensive guy, but I do think you're kind of seeing the with Lutz leaving kind of a drop in the defense. And like we've said, they are at this point what they are. They're going to have scenarios where they absolutely cannot stop anyone. They're just going to have to overcome it. All right. I'm going to go to the next person. Uh, Jeffrey, what's up? Hello? Hey, can I chime in for a second? Yeah, buddy. I want to – a couple of things that, you know, I've been sitting here listening. I, I've been watching Purdue basketball for 30 years. I I mean, since I was 10. It gives my age. One thing that – and, I, you know, I've got a lot of IU fans. I live in Indiana, so either you're a Purdue or IU fan. And a lot of them are saying, like, what happened to the painter ball, the play hard, the – the Chris Kramer style of basketball, the, you know, um, I think we have that in Gillis, but you, if you remember, let's go back six or seven years ago. We didn't have to score 80 points to win. Teens weren't going to score over 65. They just weren't. Uh, we hung our hats on defense, playing hard, diving for loose balls, taking charges. And that was painter's identity. That is not painter's identity anymore. Um, now, I guess it's okay because you evolve. Uh, the game is changing all the time um, with AAU circuits and stuff. But you asked me the question early on, like, what is our, our identity? What, what, what do we hang our hat on? We hang our hat on, on um, recruiting seven-foot-two-plus guys. You know, we've had, you know, what, four of them now? Uh, I love ED. I like Haas, Hammonds. I, I like all those guys. But – Here's the deal with that style of player. They only can give you they – have, they don't have flexibility. Um, uh, Edie cannot guard a five that can stretch the floor. We saw it with Michigan. We've seen it with – you know, we're seeing it in the pick and roll. He can't be on the floor because he can't guard the pick and roll. So here's the deal. If he struggles to score in the post and they're not, you know, you know fouling him to stop him, then they're winning the battle at that. And then on defense, when you go down, if he can't guard a pick and roll or guard a stretch guy, then he's an obsolete guy. I mean, it's not. So then we, we go to Williams and Williams comes in and his decision making's poor and he's throwing bad passes and, and such. Now what, you know, you're like, well, we hung our hat on Williams at least being able to guard a stretch guy. And, you know, so now it's like, well, we, we lost our defensive identity. Um, you know, we hang our hat on Purdue University is recruiting big guys. And I, I think they're great guys. I, I, nothing wrong. But to me, that's not who wins national championships. And I think all of us in this group 
are sitting here like we like this is the year. This is the year. We waited a whole off season. This is the year. We've got all the pieces. And now we're getting towards the end of the season. We're going, I don't I, I would be surprised if Purdue bounces in the first round of the Big Ten tournament and takes a second round loss. I mean and that's because I think teams have figured out how to guard that, how to stop it. I don't yeah. I mean, to me it's like I don't you know, know, you know, we might, but I don't know that this is <laughs> this is the year at this point. No, okay. I, I'm, I'm I have not, no I faith that this is the, the next speaker. I, I guess it says a lot about our expectations if we all. It, all, it feels like everybody's so depressed after Purdue just beat Indiana. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm I'm bad. I'm gonna apologize tomorrow on Twitter that I was being pessimistic. I, I told my kid, I don't care if we win by a tenth of a point. We have to win this game. There There is no other option. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. There was just so much that I feel like, I don't know, leading up that I just felt like it should have been such a bigger, um, I don't know, blowout of a game, I guess. I don't know. But I guess it was big for them, too. I mean, not only was it a rivalry, but their whole tournament chances were we keep saying it. Well, it's a, it was a big game for them, you know, the other team, but it was so. Sure. And I use not, I, I don't think, I mean, they've been competitive in every game they play and they've, they've shown that they can play some ball. Um, and, and like we've said, Purdue can play down to their, uh, uh, they can play down to their level. Right. Um, and I, you, that they they had to win that game to get in the NCAA tournament, so they weren't just going to yeah. come over and lay down. Um, so I I don't know. All right. Um. Why? Well, or I added Jeffrey. You need to unmute yourself. Yeah, I'm here. Yep. Hey, what's up? Oh, not too much. So I was thinking what Scott and Tony were talking about and saying what our offense. I mean, when you think about when we were averaging 80 points, even early in Big Ten. We were running up the court more. We weren't playing the half-court game. Yeah. We were running and gunning. That's what I was thinking, too. And I'm not – you don't have to, to crazily run and gun. It's run and gun into moving the ball, and the defense never gets set. And we would get balls inside for easy dunks for Williams, Edie, as well as a lot more wide-open threes. But I definitely agree with when we were talking about, you know, the depth. And I think that's a big thing that has hurt us and why we play more of a slowdown game now than we did before. And I don't know if it's painter with trust with guys earning or whatnot, but it's just, it's, it's frustrating to watch. Like we've all said, like we've watched the last three weeks and this is not the Purdue team from this year. We're accustomed to, I mean, I've only gone to two games and I mean, I go to think about at Florida state and how athletic that team was, even though they ended up not having a good year but how fast we move the ball, getting open shots, and just guys were confident shooting. It just doesn't seem that way right now. Guys are way more hesitant and looking for Ivy or the seniors to just bail them out with shots. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. All I know is uh, we beat IU. I'm going to drive home and pop some beers and celebrate. <laughs> oh, I'm there, with, I'm there with you on that. I mean, beating IU is always a good thing, no matter – what the, what the score is. Yep. And, Jeffrey, to your point, I would be – I used to have a 10-pound subscription. I no longer do. I would be curious to see what Purdue's pace is 
in the Big Ten compared to the non-conference because you are right. They are playing a lot slower, it seems like. And as we know, Purdue on a fast break is not exactly the prettiest thing in the world to watch. But they were killing teams in that secondary break, finding shooters where Jane was getting into the paint and you find a shooter still trailing and you're getting open looks and we're not getting any of that and in fact teams are killing us the opposite direction in those secondary breaks indiana got some easy baskets off of that today wisconsin did that a few times to us and that's a team that will not run unless you absolutely force them to so it's just hopefully that it's that stretch where they played felt like seven games in 20 days or something and maybe you have five, you have six days off until your next game. If say they're one and done in the Big Ten tournament, which who knows how that's going to go, that might be another six days. Maybe they don't so much need the rest, but to have a good couple of practices just to kind of get back to what you were doing early on in the season. Okay, I'm going to go to Kendall. Kendall? Twitter space is operating like Purdue's offense. (laughs) Kendall? Yeah, sorry, my mic cut out there for a minute. I want, You're good with that. I wanted to comment on the fact that we were talking about how the old Painter teams only gave up 65 and played hard defense. and But I remember when all those teams would, you know, we'd, we'd get in these scoring matchups that we, we couldn't keep up with. Or in the tournament, we would get bounced by a dynamic guard team. And how we kept saying, if we just had that one guard that could lead us to the promised land, you know, a la Shabazz Napier Kemba Walker, like they just single-handedly took those teams. We've had that in Carson. I mean, Carson almost did it. But, you know, along with Jaden Ivey, when you have those kind of players, to an extent, you're going to give up a little bit on the other end. But that was just my thought about the change in, uh, you know, the change in, you know, almost philosophy that we've seen in Painter over the couple years. But I wanted to comment more on the fact that we're not having these conversations if Purdue can just hit their free throws at somewhat of a decent clip. I mean, the free throw shooting against Wisconsin, and I, I don't know the exact numbers from today, but I know that. I was going to say, were we, what, 13 to 24 maybe? Oh, that's even worse than I thought. So, but. I think we were, le- we were 11 for 22 the last time, and I thought we shot a a couple, yeah, we were shooting like 50%. It was bad, which is crazy to me because I feel like I don't know. Like, I remember that 17 18 team with um, like Edwards, Edwards Haas. I feel like every one of those guys shot 85% from the line. Now, maybe I'm just thinking that, but like every guy when they stepped up, you it almost seemed like it was going to be a guaranteed point. And to me, you have like the best, you know, athletes in the best, you know, Indiana basketball guys or wherever they're from. To like not be good at free throws just seems like mind boggling to me. Um, I got a follow up on that. 
Uh, go back to the Wisconsin game. And like you said, we did win today. We're just frustrated that we didn't win going away with it, I think is what we're all in here. But if you – and I've been listening to what everybody's saying, and I'll be honest, like, you know, I think what it comes down is like the being a good, fun, or uh, fundamentally sound team. Go back to the Wisconsin game. We didn't lose that on a buzzer beater. Yeah, that was the outcome. But if you go through that entire game and I'm, I'm a coach myself. So I always tell people, I always tell my athletes, the first quarter is just as important as the last minute of the game. They matter. Every possession matters. Every free throw matters. Every inbounds play or, you know, that you take off, it matters. Um, but if you go back through that game, we missed nine free throws. Um, Hunter runs, completely through a screen when he's sitting that screen and he acts like, Oh, I didn't do anything. It's like, dude, you lowered your shoulder. That was the turnover. Then we had Ivy with the, the, the wild turnover. We had the rebound with two Purdue players fighting over that. And Sasha, the one where he hurt his finger, it came on um, out of socket where they're fighting for a rebound under there and they throw the ball back in underneath the, their opponent's basket. That's a, a no, no in basketball. And then they have a layup. And it's the things like that. It's just the fundamentals through the whole game where I feel like we take plays off and we get stretches where, uh, you know. But it's like, guys, you know, we're, we've heard all week how Purdue's lost four games at the buzzer. It's like, well, yeah, that's how it happened. But if you go back through the game, it should have never been that way. We missed nine free throws. Nine free throws in a game is you, you can't win. You're just not going to again, again today. We, we missed 10, missed 10 free throws. You can't do that. And so just the small fundamentals are, you know, if we don't get those cleaned up, it's going to be the same story this year, you know? Um, and I can't, that's what we're all, you know, we all have a common goal. We want to see Purdue win a national title and you've got to be playing well, getting into the tournament. You don't see too many teams, you know, flip the switch all of a sudden you know, they got hot down the stretch and they played well in the tournament. And now we're just like sitting on our hands like, you know, is this another one and done in the Big Ten tournament? Maybe get into the second round at the other, you know. So I think that's, you know, that's our big thing is cleaning up just the fundamentals that, you know, that you teach middle schoolers and high schoolers. Okay. Um, so Tony, I swear to we missed the most front ends of one and ones too. Hey guys, sorry I had to mute you. My hosts are getting cooked off, and I was being all spazzy. So, um, I'm gonna mute right now. Okay. Yeah, we um, missed two more front ends today. I believe Zach missed two front ends. So that's three points. Three points on the table, and it's unfortunately systemic at this point. Um, do you guys have anything to say to? I- Wrap this up. I think we got, looks like, one last request from Nick, and I'm going to let him speak, and then we can wrap it up. If it... Okay. Just remember to unmute your mic, Nick. Nick, you got to mute. Like, is it that complex? I feel like everybody forgets to unmute. Yeah, I think it's – I honestly forget to do it sometimes too. But, uh, Nick, can you hear us? If you can, we can't hear you. You might have to hit the mic button so you can talk.
Okay. Um... Nick, unmute yourself. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yep, we got you. All right. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, Huge Jaden Ivey fan. But as much as he forces it, I think he hurts us more than he helps us. What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about that in the beginning. Um, Today, poor decision making at this. Yeah, today was really bad. We've seen and forcing. Yeah, when Jaden's on, he's he's phenomenal. But there's times it just feels like he's like I had said earlier, still got a little bit of maturing to do, which happens at that age. I mean, none of us at nineteen, twenty years old were the best at responding to adversity. And it just he seemed to kind of get uh dialed in on he was going to take Parker Stewart to the basket, be damned what else happened, and it just never seemed to work today. But uh, I think he will benefit too, just like Zach will, from getting away from teams that officiate the Big Ten play where it is every year they we're going to emphasize freedom of movement, and then you hit February, and it's as long as you're not using a weapon, do whatever you can to, hit, to keep guys out of the paint. So... I'm excited to see what Jade looks like against teams that don't have a scouting report and officials that are going to be more receptive to saying, well, you hip check the guy going to the basket. That's not legal. Yeah. The good thing about Ivy is he does have that ability to take over a game. He has that athletic, you know, kind of pillar drive that, yeah, I, I know we get frustrated, but if for some reason in the tournament he does get hot and does take us far, I think that, you know, all is forgiven. <clears throat> well, Gabby, it looks like we've uh, knocked out all the requests. If you want to wrap this up, as we almost hit an hour. So, yep. Um, thank you everyone for joining in. This is Game Day Gabby, Browse 23, and Habitual Boiler with Boiler Up Beer Down. Um, please like and subscribe to our uh, podcast. We do a lot of these lives, but if you can't catch them live, we always upload them later. Um, follow us on Twitter for our game day takes and Boiler Up. Hey, we got to win. I know this didn't seem like we got a win, but we were all a little down, um, but we did get the win. We're going into the Big Ten tourney, um, and let's let's make a run. Every win is beautiful. Every yeah, a win's better than a loss. So we'll take it. Exactly. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys.